the the yoke scripture that you spoke about earlier too is that you know that is the role of the man and when the woman takes on that role the yoke on her is tightened up a bit more that's why i think sometimes um, when the roles are flipped and the wife is doing more of the priesthood of the home Mm -hmm. that's why sometimes she feels overwhelmed and and choked because that's not her role really like if you think about the yoke on an oxen, it's it's supposed to fit them, yeah. mm. right? And if it doesn't fit them, then it can end up choking them, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think even beyond just you know, are you Christian? Are you not Christian? Mm. There are other yokes that just don't belong to me, mm. or that's not fitted for me as a wife. You are now listening to the Life Defined Podcast, the show where we discuss the life-defining moments that we all go through that oftentimes makes us or breaks us. On this show, we always like to remind you that you might be going through all types of hell right now, but glory is on the way. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey, 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 what's up, good people? Welcome back to a new episode of the Life Defined Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ray Watson II, and here we are in part three of our Whisper series. And I'm super, super excited about uh, today's show. We've got some special guests on with us. Once again, I've got my wife here. Hey. And why don't you introduce who we've got on the show today, honey? Okay, so today we have our friends Rashida and Jason Banks. Yo. And uh, we're just going to talk about some marriage stuff because it's a whisper series. (laughs) (laughs) So um, before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, Mm. Rashida and Jason, why don't you introduce yourselves? um, Tell the people who you are, just, you know, your elevator pitch for who you are. Okay. Well, I'm Rashida Banks, married to Jason Banks for a little over five years now. Um, I am a marketing influencer and also a um, home decorator as well in the Washington, D.C. area. Yep. I'm Jason Banks. Uh, I am from New Jersey. I live in D.C. with my wife, Rashida. We have two dogs and we hang out. (laughs) (laughs) And we hang out. We hang out. Um, how long y'all been married? <laughs> five years. Five years. Five mm-hmm. little over five years, yeah. Ooh, ooh. I know, right? I feel like an OG. OG. Right. Uh, let's get into the first question. So uh, in the Bible, it talks about uh, the dangers of being unequally yoked. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, you know, one person um, having a relationship with the Lord and the other person not being a believer. So that might look like one person being a Christian, another being a Muslim, or uh, one being a believer, the other being an atheist. Mm -hmm. That's what would be considered unequally yoked. Mm. Um, So when you two first got married, Jason, I know you didn't have a relationship with the Lord, but Rashida, you did. Uh, So tell us a little bit about what marriage was like before um, you came to the Lord, Jason. Um, Hmm. For me, I guess I didn't really have direction. I didn't have any, like, uh, goal I was aiming at. It was kind of general uh, stuff that I may have heard or, you know, that my friends and I may have talked about. Mm -hmm. 
in terms of what a man's goals and responsibilities are in a marriage. For me, I kind of was just like uh, feeling like a, a boyfriend who I guess took on a different title, but it, I didn't see any other responsibilities outside of what I was already doing, basically. Rashid, um, from your point of view? From my point of view, it, it was, Jason was a good husband. I think that, you know, it's good to note that he was a good husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the parts where it was really difficult was because, was where God is like a, a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. And so the things I was excited about were he never really matched my excitement with it it was like okay that sounds good that's good for you Mm. that kind of thing and so for my relationship with christ and my walk i I just felt really alone in that particular arena which was a huge arena because it's it's a huge part of my life so um even though he was a good husband in terms of like taking care of me he was nice to me you know he was very loving the, the that Jesus relationship part where we get to share the journey together was missing and that's a huge part yeah. where you can still feel alone yet still have a quote unquote good husband. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So Jason, um, not being a believer, what would you say sort of shaped your worldview in terms of marriage? For example, if uh, for the Christian man, um, if he is a believer, I think he goes into marriage with this idea of it being sacrificial. Um, I'm going to have to make certain sacrifices for my wife the same way that Christ uh, sacrificed himself for the church. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an element of being a giver, which are, you know, all the fruits of the spirit that Mm -hmm. comes from being a believer. So what, what for you sort of shaped your world marriage? Yeah. Uh, It's interesting you ask that because uh, at church we, um, we go to the Lighthouse on the Pike Church that's in uh, District Heights, uh, Maryland. You can go to thelighthouseonthepike.org to check it out. Um, but our pastor, Pastor G, um, he was just bringing up the fact that, like, even though it's not good to be unequally yoked, you can still have a successful marriage if you're not a Christian. You know, so, like, like she's saying, I guess, you know, I wasn't a bad uh husband like I had principles and morals that are common to man um so that kind of stuff uh I knew that I was supposed to take care of my wife sacrifice for her um all that kind of stuff like those those attributes were there I wasn't necessarily like submitting obviously to God to work on them better and like really analyze myself and my flaws but I did realize like okay I brought certain things into this marriage for instance like masturbation and watching porn that I realized like okay I can't keep this and also be in this healthy marriage with my wife and please her sexually Mm. and have my mind focused on her in this way when I so I I understood that element of like I gotta like what we would call now dying to self it it wasn't to the extent obviously as to uh where I understand it now right I didn't understand what was going on then but I just practically understood like oh I can't be doing this and also do this and it wasn't just that example but it was a lot of stuff like that where I had to like in my mind go like okay you know I'm I can't bring my old self into this relationship. Ah, got mm. you, got you. 
Yeah, that's really good because there's like um, like part of the things I was looking up or thinking about before we came to the table for the conversation was the scripture in First Corinthians seven twelve mm-hmm. and fourteen, where it's talking about if you're um, if you're married to an unbeliever mm-hmm. and that unbeliever wants to stay, then you don't have to leave, you know. But in your believing, you make the marriage holy, you make right. your children holy, and in your belief, you may even convert that person right. by the way that you live your life. You know, I think your pastor's right that you can absolutely have um, a good marriage based on, you know, the person's willingness to to be there and stay. I just want to know, like what, in your opinion, Rashida, made it so important that that Jason come to a relationship with Christ? You know, Um, with that. Honestly, it was really eternal life. You know, like I just knew that this wasn't the final destination Mm. and I didn't want to be without him in eternity. So it was very important for me to, you know, make not just for this life, but for the next life um, that we will have with Christ in eternity. So I I, I prayed a lot, fasted a lot behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. you know, messed up, obviously, throughout, you know, sometimes I would just try to like throw things in there you know not not leave like bible verses on the refrigerator or anything oh. like that. <laughs> but you know just try to throw super obvious hints and that never really worked out um and i, I finally realized that like i'm rolling i'm not supposed to be playing because god is the one god the father is the one that draws people to god the person who either plants the seed or waters it and so when i started playing in that role that's when i started to see like more change but Mm-hmm. That was a, the initial reason was because I I just knew like after after this life I wanted to be with him in eternity too. Mm-hmm. So mm. that's really sweet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Were there certain challenges that you guys faced in your marriage as a result of you being a Christian and Jason not being? Um, I mean, it, it was really around the excitement. So like there are times when like I, I was in a small group. I used to go to Zion Church, so I was in a small group, and I would come home excited from small group, and he would just be like, pipe that down. Like, <laughs> he just didn't understand, like, the excitement, and so I could never, like, truly, like, share certain things. If I saw something in the Bible that was fascinating mm-hmm. or a new truth that was, like, revealed to me, it was, he didn't, he understood, like, okay, that's a good principle. Like, he would read the Bible with me and things like that, but just didn't understand, like, the depth of it, and so that, I mean, I like to share in those things. I really do. And so sometimes it would cause arguments. And Jason and I don't really argue at all, you know, but that was back then that was like the basis of any kind of like heated discussion, Mm. you know, like why he would always say like the the one thing that was supposed to and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the one thing that's supposed to, I guess, draw people together and be a good thing is the thing that's like putting a wedge between us. Mm. And when he made it seem like that I was like well that's not really the point of it so let me just try a different approach but that was Uh. usually the the arguments was like when I'm like like how could you not see the truth like like or we'll hear like a sermon I'm like did you not like how could you not love God see God see Jesus and need him after hearing this particular sermon it just didn't click to him the same way Mm. so that was frustrating for me see that yeah yeah because yeah. i mean i was even going to a small group too at that time and i would read the bible and be in there with the guys and it's no knock on them but like i'm i'm very big on like teaching now because i felt like in that setting there there should have maybe come a point 
where I didn't feel comfortable because Christ crucified should have been brought up. And for she and I, it would like I would say stuff like, you know, I like the Bible, but the Jesus part I don't really get or I don't understand why we need it, why it matters. You know, mm. that type of stuff I would say. Mm. And then, and I literally didn't get it because, you know, it's only the Holy Spirit is that is going to even reveal like reveal it. that stuff to yeah. you. Exactly. Um, so like, yeah, I would feel comfortable in this group because I guess the, the conversation would be about God. You know, it would be just a general they were believers, but it wasn't like a lot of like principles and it would just be like, you know, encouragement, you know, God is going to do this. You're going to get through this. What you going through, brother? Well, you know, you'll that type of stuff. But like, but now, and she would even say stuff like, you know, if Jason becomes a believer, like he's just going to like be all about it. Cause like, and that's kind of like where I'm at now, obviously like flawed with it, but I'm all about like teaching people and really understanding like, okay, what is, what is going on here in the word? What is, why does Christ even matter? And that type of stuff. And that might've been broken down to me, but it takes the Holy spirit to, you know, teach it to you properly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is like, I'm glad you, you know, you guys shared that. Uh, Cause one thing that comes to mind is I think it's important for anyone who's listening to this, that if you have a spouse who isn't a believer and you are keep praying, Mm -hmm. keep fasting, because I think one of the things I heard you say is how, because God is sovereign, he does things in his time. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until God did something in your heart and mind. Exactly. That Rashida couldn't do with her words. The, the small group couldn't do with their words. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until the Holy Spirit was knocking on your heart, right. your conscience, and your mind that you responded and came to the Lord. Right. And so if you're a spouse, again, keep um, keep living the faith out yeah. in display to your spouse. Don't try and beat them over the head with the Bible. Mm-mm. You know, it's probably not wise to leave scriptures all over the house, Mm-mm. posted on the fridge and the mirrors. Uh, but yeah, be in prayer. Oh possibly fast and allow the Holy Spirit and and trust that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide in his time. So don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Mm -hmm. Don't get discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to share actually a prayer that I used to pray in secret. (laughs) Please do. Um, I'm, because a lot of people ask me, like, well, you know, what were you praying specifically? And I and I realized you can't really pray for somebody, for God to make somebody Christian, because that's not free will. Mm. They wouldn't have came on free will. Oh, that's mm. good. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, there was a scripture I read in Psalms. I don't know exactly where, but it says that God is close to the brokenhearted and the crushed in spirit. Mm. So I figured out, I was like, okay, well, if Jason is crushed and broken, then God will be close. Mm. You know, maybe he, there needs to come a point where that happens where the only person that could save them is Christ. And so I know oftentimes, sometimes we try to pray things that are, that make us feel better, yeah. make us feel good. But I actually pray that God would crush him and break him. Mm. It was tough. Cause I'm, cause you don't know what he's going to do. Wow. You don't know what kind of crushing, what kind of breaking. And I, and I was just hoping that it wasn't going to be anything that was going to be like crazy, crazy. But I was like, God knows exactly the kind of breaking and crushing that Jason needs in order for him to turn to Christ. And so the day that it happened, 
I knew what was going on, but it was so crushing that I, I was just like, well, I, I hope, I hope you really got it, God. Like, <laughs> I know what I pray for. I know what's going on, but um, just to put that out there, that was one of the things that I actually prayed for was for him to be broken and crushed. Wow, that's really mature, and I think that's really like evidence of your love for him. You know, to even want him to be saved so badly that you would want him to to whatever it took you would want whatever it took to get him to god like that i think is really really mature and it sounds counterintuitive but like you you understood who god was and what he's capable of doing and what closeness to him meant so (laughs) sorry so so that's a perfect segue into your salvation story Mm mm-hmm um, can you tell us a little bit about that? What actually happened? Or? Oh, okay. Yeah. So the short version is that we used to watch dogs and because um, we have two dogs of our own and we used to watch dogs. And I think it was December 2016. We, it was, I think, approaching Christmas, mm-hmm. like two days, the two days before. before Christmas. And we had like, uh, we were hosting Christmas and we had three dogs that we were watching. And one of the dogs um, name was Daisy and her owner. And she had just recently moved from California mm-hmm. to um, uh, the area. And he was going to Mexico to be with his family because they celebrated like the day before Christmas. And then he was going to fly back on Christmas or something like that. And I can just tell like he and the dog they like he had her since a puppy she was like 12 mm-hmm. it was extremely like close relationship with the dog and stuff like that and I could understand because you know I love my dogs too um but his relationship I could tell it was like just different than anything I'd ever seen like yeah. he like yeah it was just a very closeness uh, and, and she would sit by the door too waiting for him like the door that he left out of she would always just sit by the door because mm-hmm. she was waiting for him to come, yeah. come back yeah, it was a different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So basically what happened was the short version is like I lost the dog and it was like a rainstorm and I had to go out and basically like chase the dog and I caught it at one point and then lost it again and was running and looking for it and completely lost it and I was like devastated and Rashida was like out shopping for Christmas dinner and stuff like that and she came and was helping me and I was just like you know distraught because I just knew like what it meant to what the dog meant to him all that kind of stuff exactly yeah so I was just like out of it and the next day I mean we were out that night looking for the dog and couldn't find her the next day wait wait you're missing a huge part of the story let me tell the middle part of it so while we were out looking for the dog my was like 10 30 at nighttime i have one of our dogs he has the other one i meet a woman in the middle of the night who decides to help me with posting about the dog to like i guess like dog shelters and things like that if somebody called the dog in Mm -hmm. really nice neighbor never met never saw her again wow ever met her before but she called the dog in. I, I text her like a picture of Daisy so that she can do all that administrative work that we just didn't have the time to do because we were out on foot looking. And this is a random neighbor. A random neighbor. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we also, before we left out, we had called the police just to file a police report in case, you know, they see her as they're like biking around. 
So after we, around like 11 o'clock, they said the police was at our door. So we decided to walk back home. Mm -hmm. And the police officer was there. And, um, you know, he was just telling us, like, you know, send me a picture of her. I'll send it out to the rest of the team. But his next question was the most profound of it all. Because I was asking God in all of this mess, I was like, could you at least give me a sign that this is what I prayed about? And that this is what you're doing because I I'm losing faith myself because mm. we can't find the dog. So the police officer out of nowhere was like, "Are you guys saved?" Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. So you know, I'm like, I am. But then Jason starts, you know, breaking down crying. Um, he didn't really. He didn't say anything. Mm. He just broke down crying. And then the police officer said, "Can I pray for you guys?" Wow. So we held hands in the yeah, middle of like the some street. Young white white dude. Yeah. Wow. Never seen this police officer ever again. We held hands That's in the crazy. middle of the street. And he prayed a prayer that you just know he is a well seasoned, well mature, like he mm. knows God. Because he reminded me in the prayer that he was just like, even though we don't know where she is, God, you know you where know. she is. Yeah. And I it, I was like, Oh yeah, like duh. Like God, mm-hmm. you know where she is. <laughs> and she's safe. You know, you're taking care of her wherever she is. Yes. Like, And so it was such a great, like, end to the night, even though we didn't find her. Yeah. So. And, like, she had, she had gotten hit by a car. It's a lot of details. If I told the whole story, it would probably take, like, 30 minutes. So that's why, I mean, that's a good detail not to leave out. But, uh, yeah, she got hit by a car and all this stuff. Like, um, but she was fine. She, like, got up and ran away. It was like a little tap. Yeah, okay. but um, wow. And then she ran into the woods and like just couldn't find her. Um, and then the next day I went out looking for her on foot by myself. Um, and the guy sent me like a recording of his voice calling her because I had to call him and be like, hey, you know, like sorry. So that was a whole you know hard conversation. How um, did he re- reply? Like when you told he him? was he was calm and patient. He was just okay. like you know my. He was like, I'm just dependent on you. I'm dependent on you to get her. So he was like, I can't. And prior to him calling, Jason asked me, he broke down to his knees and he was like, can you please pray for me? Mm. So wow. I don't think he's ever asked me to pray for him before. I can't, I can't remember. But God was working. He, yeah. was. <laughs> he was like, can you pray for me? Please pray for me. And so I was like, yes, I would definitely pray. So yeah, this um, stuff I probably don't even remember. Like, I don't remember that. Well, let me finish the story. <laughs> you want to take it from here <laughs> so that night mm-hmm. after the police officer prayed for us Jason took a shower and um, then I took a shower after him and when I got out the shower he was sound asleep but he was playing the book of Luke mm-hmm. he went to bed playing the book of Luke you know how the bible app came mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so I was like oh this is interesting um, so I was like, okay, you know, one of the four gospels, good way to get to know Jesus. It was a good sleep too. Yeah. The best it was the best sleep. Literally. We are the best familiar. Sleep I ever had. <laughs> Every night. Yeah, we Chapter are two. Right. <laughs> um, and then he woke up earlier that morning, um, like really early. And then he, he went out on foot. I stayed behind cause we had all these other dogs we were watching. And he was out for about three hours, you know. I was over here praying, like, just hoping he would come back, you know, with something in his hands, you know. And um, it it also taught me a lot about faith because you can wish upon a star all you want, you know, visualize all you want. But 
Mm-hmm. You're only given the measure of faith that God gives you for the day. Because I was like visualizing him walking in the door with mm-hmm. the dog. That's not even how it happened. Wow. Um, and so anyway, he walked back through the door and I wasn't expecting, I was expecting Daisy, but what I got back actually was something even better. Because he walked through the door and he was like, he didn't have Daisy, so I was like, okay. And he was like, I just wanted to let you know that while I was out, I gave my life to Christ because I felt like he was the only person that can save me. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, this is wow. insane. Like, what? Yeah. Um, and so afterwards, um, you know, we cried, we hugged, all those different things. Thank God we prayed. And then um, the owner had asked us to put up pictures of her throughout the neighborhood, you know, with a phone number. And so I made the flyer. We went down to FedEx and we started posting pictures along Pennsylvania Avenue from like Capitol Hill all the way down to like where we live. Mm-hmm. And within five minutes, maybe even less than that, um, remember the neighbor that sent out the administrative stuff? Yeah. So another neighbor saw a dog in their backyard and called animal control. And so because animal control already knew that there was an alert for a lost dog, they came out immediately. And they were actually right behind us as we were posting flyers. And so he took one of the flyers Look down mm-hmm. and <laughs> he went over to the house to identify to make sure the dog in the picture was the dog that he saw in the yard. And he called us immediately. Wow. And That's then um, mm-hmm. we, we she was literally right around the corner from where we were at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so we drove around the corner and, but it was still like one of those things where she could have still ran away because it was like an opening. Mm-hmm. And so because the owner had sent over his voiceover of him calling da- Daisy and she knew her owner's voice, which mm. that's a whole nother Okay. Thing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we, we could call right Daisy, there. but she knew her, her owner's, owner's voice. voice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, Jason started playing the owner's voice and she started walking over to him because at first she wouldn't walk over to any of us. Mm-hmm. And she started walking towards Jason because she heard her owner's voice. Wow. That's so. reach right there. Right. So yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's a lot more details too. Like, cause, um, how I even, how she got away was another couple was coming over to drop their dog, dog off or to like, just do a meet and greet. And for whatever reason, like I just opened up the front door and let all the dogs out. And I never had done that before. Mm-hmm. And so, Three dogs ran away. Two of them went across the street. Another one was small, so I was able to just scoop it up. One of them I was able to call, and she just, for whatever reason, ran back in the house. Like, she knew she was supposed to come there. But Daisy was the one who just kept walking up the street. So, Mm -hmm. like, imagine, like, God knew, like, you won't be able to handle it if if I make all these dogs lost right now. Like, then you're literally – because I was – I was so distraught. Like, I was just like, I don't want to have fun in life anymore. Like, just in these this little bit of time, like, I just felt, you know, like, guilty and, you know, worthless, all that kind of stuff. Wow. Devastated, yeah. But he was just like, all right, I'm going to just make it these, this one dog. Like, the other two, don't worry about it. Yeah. They just go back. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. That's, That's crazy. Incredible. Yeah. I just picture God, like, sitting back, like, let me work. Mm-hmm. And you work. I'm mm-hmm. working. Because, <laughs> you know, typically a lot of times when people have a salvation story, it's, you know, they were in church and they heard a sermon mm-hmm. or, um, you know, they were at an, uh, at an event and heard a message. But very rarely do you hear someone come to faith by themselves after, you know, a tragic moment and just between them and God 
hearing that voice, responding, yeah. and mm. then coming to faith. So again, right. I think that's encouraging to people that may be listening that you can come. Uh, there's many ways that you can come to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It may not be in a church. It may not be listening to a sermon. It can just be through God using um, situations that you're currently in on your conscience, not on your heart. And you can just respond to that voice wherever you are and come to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going I'm to let my wife take this next question. I don't want to touch the, this, the subject right here. It involves an S word that, that we as men typically try to stay away from. So I'm, I'm going to let my wife ask this next question. Okay. <laughs> um, so I guess now that we're like past, we're into salvation, right? Mm-hmm. And like you're starting, you have your relationship with God and you guys are walking together. What was that transition like? I think particularly for you, Rashida, when you needed to su- submit to someone who at that point was, I guess, less spiritually mature than you were at that space, you know, in terms of like your walk. Cause I know you probably as a Christian before was already in a position of submission because you knew. Well, yeah, yeah. it was definitely, you know, difficult. I think yeah. just the transition to being a wife, even if he's Christian or not, mm-hmm. you've been making your own decisions. You've been doing things your own way. Your way has been the way for the longest. It's, it's, it's hard regardless christian or not yeah i finally became christian i, I think i was too excited you know like you need to read this this <laughs> that like it was just one of those like slow down like yeah. don't deter him you know that kind of thing um um but after a while like i just i had to learn to there was one time jason actually had to remind me that i need to trust god like cuz jason is his you know he was going on a trip and i didn't I wasn't sure if he was like, you know, spiritually strengthened enough for the trip. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to go with him, but there was like no way that I can go with him. And he reminded me, and this was maybe like a couple weeks later that he reminded me, he was just like, I'm not yours. Wow. Like you're like, God has me. I'm not yours. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm yeah, I'm your husband. But like, ultimately he has me like trust in that. So I think after a while, I just trusted that God would equip him to be far beyond where I am and that's pretty much what happened so it it became much easier to submit um much easier because I know that right now he's governed by God and Jason is a kind of person that that's why I used to say like before he was Christian like if he does become Christian he'll be so devout so loyal he'll go tell on a mountain yeah um because he's that person and so I trusted the fact that he was that super super loyal person to this now new faith so I trusted that he would continue to grow. And anytime I had input, I'll give it. But it became a lot easier to submit because I knew who was leading him. So once you came to faith, um, how did that change the way you saw yourself as a husband? Like you can speak to the last year, the last six months. Yeah. How was you being yeah. a believer? How did that change the way you saw your marriage and you saw your wife and your role? I've never thought about this question, honestly. I uh, I mean, I, I've always, I guess, in my mind understood that I saw my parents' marriage a certain way and other people's marriages. And I had in my mind an idea of like, okay, this is how I want to be as a husband. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's not far off what the biblical husband looks like. So I don't think 
I don't think that ever was like a, a issue for me. Now, in terms of like, um, what should, how should I like, like my position as a man though, with in the kingdom, that type of thing, I think helps me understand being a husband more, you know? And so that for me was more so like the stuff, like, okay, what is my manhood about? Mm-hmm. More so than like, um, what should, how should I be a good husband? Yeah. Right. Now, I can give a few examples of what he does now that he didn't do before. Yeah, I'm not good at those kind of questions. So I'm like, sorry. <laughs> we like, I mean, now he's like, you know, always trying to wash me clean. You know how he's supposed to present me. Okay. Blameless. Yeah, stuff so like that. So he does do that. You so, know, like, I, yeah, I read so scripture to mean? her. I'm, okay. I'm, 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 I'm now, like, the trying to the home. actively, yeah, like, uh, okay. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, so now, yeah, I am actively, like, making sure that we are in line with the Word of God, and we are actively seeking His will, and, like, I'm now I'm praying with her and fasting. Like, okay, yeah, now I get it. Because you weren't you doing that walk stuff before. Yes. You know, right. okay. You got to walk and, me through these and, <laughs> and he now, like, sends me, you know, chapters that I need to read for the day. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I just be like, okay. so he he does that kind of stuff now too um and also just like if i'm ever down you know before it was maybe like words of encouragement and now it's biblical encouragement like it'll be sending me back to christ washing me with the word at all times so i never those are the things i never got and i and i still pray but he's the one that now mostly 98 percent of the time is the one that's opening his mouth to pray. Yeah, you gotta ask her the questions about me. Like I'm not, I'm a good, not good at like talking about myself in that third person way. We stir it up and then you come in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. So, so you've really seen him become more of a leader in oh, this yeah. area. Oh yeah, like that's he dope. he's taking taking the reins like to the point where I'm just like, okay, you know, like you got it. Yeah. So you don't feel as like lonely as you're feel you were feeling no. before. And then also like even going back to the the yoke scripture that you spoke about earlier too is that you know that is the role of the man and when the woman takes on that role the yoke on her is tightened up a bit more. That's why I think sometimes um, when the roles are flipped and the wife is doing more of the priesthood of the home, mm-hmm. that's why sometimes she feels overwhelmed and and choked because that's not her role really like if you think about the yoke on an oxen it's it's supposed to fit them yeah right and if it doesn't fit them then it can end up choking them Mm. right Mm -hmm. right. and so i think even beyond just you know are you christian are you not christian Mm. there are other yokes that just don't belong to me Mm. or that's not fitted for me as a wife or as a as a woman you better teach (laughs) you know even with that like him taking on that role like put so much like pressure off of me like okay like i don't have to you know keep i'm gonna keep reading the word but i don't have to like you know be so like oh my gosh i better read this because i ain't gonna get it nowhere else except for sunday on church right right so Mm. yeah yeah and i definitely like um my perspective on her changed because i just saw what god had you know given me and stuff like that and i would you know, just certain things about her, I realized, like, oh, she is this way because of Christ. Like, this is Mm -hmm. what I was attracted to and that kind of stuff. So um, it definitely helped helped me, and it helps me trust her to to a different extent. Not not trust in terms of, like, uh, 
infidelity or something, but just like trusting that her decisions are going to be right, that, you know, I can trust her mindset, you know, I can trust her, uh, how she deals with people or whatever the case may be. Like, I know she's not, um, she's seeking to please God and whatever she does. So I'm just like, if, if it's like a business decision or, Mm. you know, she's like, Hey, I want to talk to somebody about this or, you know, whatever. I'm just like, okay, I, I understand why she's doing it, who she's doing it for. So I don't really like get too much into what she's doing mm. in terms of like, you know, yeah. So if you thought you had a good marriage before you came to the Lord, how would you rate your marriage today? You gotta, you gotta, all right, help, help <laughs> me, help my mind again. Okay. So, so before you came to the Lord, if you were to grade your marriage, um, what what am I grading? Like an overall mm-hmm. grade, overall. or like okay? What grade would you give it? Uh, ten. Ten. Before, okay. yeah. A ten before. Oh no, ten no no no! Before okay. before. Oh, all right, ask Rashida first. <laughs> ask Rashida. Okay. Rashida. How would you grade your marriage things. before he came to the <laughs> Lord? Um, I would probably have would have given it a good seven. You know, seven. wasn't That's good. yeah. I mean, That's like good. I said, he wasn't a he wasn't a bad husband. He was a great husband. He was a good husband at the time. You know, like yeah. he was nice to me. He spoke to me. He he treated me with he 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 was gentle with me. All those different things. He protected me. It was just that missing piece. And so now that we are um, one in Christ and he is a believer, um, like he was saying before, that that the whole trusting thing, I I can trust him now. And I can also trust God. And I also feel comfortable with however our journey, um, ha- like whatever happens along the journey now, because yeah. I know that like I'll see him in eternity now. So. Um, it's just it's ten times better. I always have loved somebody, but right. you didn't know that you can love them even more. Right. Mm. You know, like I'm attracted to his belief in God. It's actually a little turn on for me. Oh, right. His right. belief in God. Like, <laughs> I, I'm attracted to that. Like, wow, like that is that is so cool that you like you, you you're that in love with God, just knowing where you were before. Yeah. Mm. And so, um, I just like seeing him play in the role. I love watching him pray sometimes. It's weird. He doesn't know, but <laughs> <laughs> I love just watching him pray. I think it's just so cool because he's so into it. And he's really, I just like watching his relationship with God. So, yeah, it's its definitely 10 times better. And now we don't have children yet. I feel way more comfortable with how he would father them mm. and what kind of people they will be um, as they get older and as they grow up in the world, too. So, yeah, yeah. like my life, my life is a 10 now. Okay. Before, so yeah, so it's and what would it across. have been before? I would have probably said it was a ten before. Mm. So, but knowing what you know, but now. knowing what I know now, my life was a one. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, and yeah. what what changed? Like that, like that, the wool that lifted from your eyes. Like what made mm-hmm. it different? That makes it. It was a ten in your perspective before, but now it's really a ten. What what's different? Um, I don't know. I have I have life now. Yeah. I can't, like I have a relationship with God. I have peace with God now. Like I'm looking at it from that perspective of like I was actively doing things against God's will before, and now I'm I'm not in you know in my like I'm not saying I'm sinless or something, but like I'm 
I'm his child now. Yeah. So you, I have a different like responsibility, different, you know, the word says like we have the mind of Christ and stuff like that. So I'm, it's just a totally different perspective. And it's, yeah, my mind is different now. I would even add that um, the past couple years of our life has been probably the toughest in our marriage, not as far as our marriage goes, but the circumstances that surrounded it. And I think that if the both of us were not Christian, our marriage would probably would have crumbled mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the events that had happened within the past two years, financial events that would have happened the past two years. And so I think that him coming to Christ was required for what was to mm. come. Mm-hmm. Um, that that eventually actually strengthened our marriage more and strengthened our faith more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, it's like, you know, how you can have joy in the midst of calamity. Yeah. I think for us, that's the quality of life that like, that's kind of how you can rate life, the quality of life, honestly, because if everything is going good, okay, cool, everything's going good. But if you can have joy and calamity yeah. and still stick together and actually our marriage grew even stronger, then to me, that's the quality of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the reasons why I asked the question and I was drilling down was, and like you said, even beyond your your marriage, uh, you coming to the Lord impacted your life as a man uh, greatly. And then because of that, it impacted your marriage mm-hmm. as a result of that. And that's really what I was trying to um, get to. Because even if you thought your marriage was good before, because of that missing component of you not having that relationship with the Lord, I couldn't say, in my estimation, that it was great because of that missing piece. Because, like you mentioned, you couldn't be the priest of your home. Mm -hmm. You couldn't wash your wife with the word. Mm -hmm. You couldn't help her draw closer to the Lord. You didn't have that, that vision and that dream for your family and for your wife as God would give it to you. Yeah. And so although it may have been good without it, because of that missing piece, you know, it was just something that was just missing. Mm -hmm. And I think with you coming to the Lord, you now have that vision. You can now be the priest in your home. Um, Like Richie said, she can see you being a great father now an Mm. even greater father now than you may have been before. And so I think that missing piece has been filled in your life. Yeah. Thereby, you know, changes your marriage. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I love your story because it's it's not one necessarily of like great turmoil in marriage. Like if we talk about like this whole idea of being unequally yoked, it's like you got the God fearing wife that goes to church every Sunday and she's doing all the good things and her husband's at home on the couch drinking and, <laughs> you know, being crazy and like, you know, it's just a no, no good, low down, dirty man, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but that's not your story. Right. And I think that that's really important to highlight um, that there are instances where you can have good, but you don't have to settle for it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's really inspiring that you guys went from good too great because you added the element of both being believers to your marriage mm-hmm. um yeah i just I, I think that's really really cool to have that perspective on that too yeah you know? yeah because i wasn't i wasn't like wilding out or anything right. or, so yeah but that i mean the word says that like those without christ are like perishing so i mean regardless if you're a husband a wife 
or whatever, like to not have Christ, you're literally, you know, perishing. You're mm-hmm. spiritually dead. Like, so that for me to get all that kind of um, awareness and I guess you want a revelation of whatever was just like, whoa, you know, mm-hmm. and so, yeah. And I feel, I feel uh, more purpose now in life, yeah. not just like um, that, you know, I could be able to give somebody some money or help somebody out, but I can literally, you know, give you the gospel now um, and, you know, just be a um, ambassador for Christ now. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, my, my life has totally changed, like in every mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And other people see it too, you know, some of his friends from before BC, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, will always call him like deacon or pastor. <laughs> and, you know, at first you, you might feel like, uh, you stop, stop doing that. Right? right. But then in my mind, I'm like, actually, that's good because there should be a change mm-hmm. in your actions and how you that speak they to recognize. people yeah. that they, that people can see, you know, so even other people notice that, you know, we got the bishop. <laughs> the bishop. bishop. <laughs> the bishop oh man. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're going to bring this thing uh, to a close um, with this last question. Uh, what advice would you guys offer to people who may be going through a similar situation mm. to what, to where you were? Um, I would say, you know, get to really understand God. So, you know, I, I, I was praying for like the wrong things, things that God would never, you know, sanction. Because you're not supposed to pray for somebody to become Christian, like for him to make somebody Christian. You're supposed to pray for the doors of the church to remain open for that person, right? So that's the right way to pray. So I would say get to really understand God, get to understand his position and perspective on this particular matter so that you know how to pray Mm -hmm. and you know what to ask for. And so once I started to learn how to pray and what to ask for, that's when I started to see... uh, positive change in the right direction even if it was just a little bit for the day I remember there was a time when I wanted to start tithing and you know that's you know that we have combined income I wasn't sure where he was going to stay on it and he actually agreed to it Hmm. before Christ he agreed to for us to start tithing and so you know just learn about God so that you know how to effectively pray because the effectual prayer of the righteous avails much Mm -hmm. you're teaching today (laughs) that's good I guess I would say to the husbands who are in that position, if your wife is maybe bringing up her Christianity um, and you may feel like it doesn't matter and stuff like that or you just don't understand, it's okay if you don't understand right now. Um, still, don't don't hold it against her. Um, you know, she just has a passion for something that you um, don't have a passion for and that's okay. I would also say that um, don't try to will yourself into that relationship with God that she has. Um, So don't feel guilty about it. If she is, you know, having all this joy that you're seeing when she's out with her friends and stuff like that or with like her Christian group, don't try to. I mean, you can read the Bible and stuff like that all you want, but only God is going to make you understand what she has come to understand. Um, So don't try to like, you know, impress her with your uh, memorization of scriptures or, Hey babe, look at this. Or, you know, that's, that's not what this is about. You may even turn her off by doing that type of stuff because it's not going to be real. 
Um, so I would just say, um, if you're hearing this and you legit want to know why uh, all this stuff matters to us, why we care to even talk about it right now, I would pray that God gives you uh, an understanding of why Jesus Christ matters. And yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, I think that brings us to a close. Um, thank you, Rashida. Thank, thank you, Jason. Thank you guys for having so us. So much for being on the show. Uh, why don't you tell the people where they can find you on social media? So on Instagram, you can find me at Rashida.Banks. That's R-A-S-H-I-D-A dot Banks on Instagram. Cool. And you can find me at Jason Banks, J-A-S-E-N-B-A-N-K-S. Uh, also, you can check out a friend and I's podcast. Ray is on there often. Um, it's mm-hmm. The Word X, The World Podcast. Um, and if you do live in the DMV, um, August 30th, our church is having a t- uh, movie night. Um, that's August 30th at the Lighthouse on the Pike Church. And it's in District Heights, Maryland, the Lighthouse on the Pike.org for more info. Well, again, thanks guys for being on the Thank show. You. Thank you. This and is great. Once again, uh, you can follow us at the Life Defined Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Alicia, where can they find you again? I am Ali Watson Media on Instagram and Facebook. And you can follow family at the Watson Clan on Instagram, not Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank y'all. And we'll see you guys next time. Nice. Peace.